Thank you for tuning in to the 20 Talks Podcast. This is episode three. It's your boy 20, baby. A KFY boy. And today, and today, and today, we have a very great conversation with a very, very intelligent woman who has dissected, who has given us so much to think about when it comes to a movie that some people like, some people don't like. And we're going to start it off with a record that I enjoy. And this is basically my answer to people who ask me, hey, what you think about the movie Nope? Nope. nope. And I said, nope. the movie Nope? Yeah, what y'all think about the movie Nope? Nope. 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 <laughs> this is my reply to everybody that asks me, what do you think about the movie Nope? And shout out to my dog, Smith Will Smith, good fella. Louisville legend, let's go. We're gonna start it off like this. And this is my reply to the movie, you know, you feel me? Yeah. On the corners, blacks and curbs hustling I told you I was coming I'm here to show you something Me, Willie, Will, Shorty, the coldest man I ain't fronting Ladies, I see you shaking Twerking and percolating Bend over, touch your knees Bouncy ass and earthquaking I'm off the with the scale Yo, I'ma get this mail My flow is sicker than a six-year-old with sickle cell City slicker, nigga Famous for the fried chicken Home of Ali, but I'm the greatest at this rap spitting No more time sitting for the crimes I'm committing Yeah, Holes, yeah, blacks, and yeah that's all I'm here. Yeah. Your hands up, put them up. Okay, put them down. Yeah. My name is Goodfella. This year it's going down. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Good yeah. fella, what up? Put your hands up, put them up. Okay, put them down. Yeah. My name is Goodfella. This year it's going down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Louis Vuitton, you feel me? Yeah. The first two is crucial. Something that you ain't used to. My flow be running through my body like. So now I'm tracks, I'm shitting When shooting traps, I'm winning When drinking, neck, I'm spinning When breaking back, I'm spinning Now back to the topic When I drop it, cop it Let me own the cheese, don't burn it Please, I need the profit Flow it like rubber duckies 2030 Kentucky Victory Park is where I shoot my guns And make my money Don't laugh, cause it ain't funny Shake your ass, honey For you a lyric Make sure y'all go see that movie No by Jordan Peele and listen Cop and pop the it's dope to me, it's very Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My name is good fella. This year is going down. Yes, sir. Hey. Hey. My name is good fella. This year is going down. It's your boy, Twani, baby. A KFY boy. Thank you for tuning in to episode three of the 20 Talks podcast. I am your host, 20 Baby. It's your boy, 20 Baby. A KFY boy. And today we are here with none other than Hey, It's Dime. At Hey, It's Dime <laughs> on Twitter. What's good, girl? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm really uh, excited for this discussion. That's what's up. <laughs> and if you don't know, this is at Hey It's Dime. She wrote a very thorough thread on Twitter about the movie Nope. Nope. nope and nope, nope, nope. 
it was incredible. It was incredible. Once again, Aww. this is at Hey It's Dime. She wrote a very incredible, incredible thread about the movie Nope. 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 And today we're going to talk about many different things from this thread. We're going to try to get through as many different things that she brought up. And first of all, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got into movies and film and all that jazz? Okay, okay. So my name is Diamond, but my friends call me Don. Uh, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I've always been interested in cinematography like all of my life. But what's funny is uh, I started, I go to UL, it's um, the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. And I started off as a criminal justice major, but then I decided to really stick to my original passion, which mm-hmm. is cinematography. Mm-hmm. So I'm a senior and I will be getting my degree in film, but we refer to it as moving image arts. And I have a minor in creative writing and psychology. Wow. <laughs> Props to you, Queen. That's what's up. That's what's up. We love to see our black brothers and sisters furthering their education, and also sticking with their passions. I think I started off in communications and then landed back into a passion of mine, which is film. I graduated with a bachelor's in film and a minor in music management. So we are here. Thank you, Dime, for that introduction. I, I am thankful that you are here with me to have this discussion about this incredible thread. Yes. Yes. So let's start. Let's start. Overall review with the movie nope what is your overall review my honest review if i had to because i have a problem of comparing these to his last films so i think i would have to rate it at least an eight out of ten okay you know i personally think it was a really good movie i still would give it an eight out of ten because us is still like my top 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 favorite but my overall review i would say this was one of his most experimental films. I feel like he really tapped into his creative side with this one. And I feel like he's really detaching this from the genre that everybody was trying to put him in, which was like, you know, just horror based drama and uh, mm-hmm. suspense and mystery. I think he's now getting over into the sci-fi and uh, not, not so much political either. Like he used to do as well. I think it's just more sci-fi and experimental. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, uh, same. I saw some interviews right before I actually saw the film. And it kind of hinted to me that this is probably going to be a bit different than his previous two. But it, yeah. it's still hard to separate themes of the previous two films, Get Out and Us, to watch something new from the same director with a right. totally different you know, lens and perspective. But I would have to say... I'll give it around a um, a seven or an eight as well. Like that's, it, it was definitely one of those movies that you go into and you know that you have to dissect everything. Like I like movies like that. And of Absolutely. course, us being in film school, they kind of train us how to watch films. So I don't go in really looking at a film, just kind of like, oh, do-do-do, film, film, film. And, and <laughs> no, I kind of go into it, you know, looking for specific meanings and things is that how you approach movies when you watch them oh definitely like the first time i watched this i was in the movies like i'm not gonna lie when i first left i was like what did i just watch but it sat on my head for like a day and i'm just like oh wow this man is amazing because you know in film school they teach us 
we have to look at the theme, we have to break it up and try to figure out not necessarily like what was the deeper meaning, but you know, off of certain tones and certain mm-hmm. colors used. Like mm-hmm. where was where was this uh director or writer trying to take this story or trying to take this message, right. you know? Right. So what, you gotta, e- what emotions were they trying to evoke? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess your your first tweet in your thread, you kind of like basically give out highlights or bullet points of what you were going to actually dive into. And uh, it says, uh, themes within the movie, childhood trauma, wounds, two, exploitation, three, bad miracles, four, greed, and five, man versus nature. So after sitting with the images that entered your eyes to your brain and you dissected in your mind, you said, I want to write this long ass thread and explain to people that don't understand what they just watched, what we just watched. And I can't thank you enough because, I mean, 8,000 people said, thank you for this. (laughs) And and your retweets are going up. That's, that's incredible. That means people are actually intrigued. They're actually a a fan of your mind. And that means that the schooling that we are receiving (laughs) It's paying it, off. It's paying <laughs> off, you know, but let's let's go into the childhood trauma one. And let's talk about Jude and what happened with Gordy on that show. So oh. when you saw that scene of Gordy kind of losing it and going off on the cast, what did you immediate, what was your immediate thought? That was probably the hardest scene to watch. I feel like that was the most, like if, if there was any type of, horror within that film that had to be the most horrifying scene to watch because it was so still and quiet mm-hmm. like while we just watching Gordy just you know explode but watching that scene alone and then understanding like the full movie afterwards like that could have really explained the whole movie by itself like watching Gordy do that because that whole concept mm-hmm. of the exploitation of Hollywood mm-hmm. and how they mm-hmm you know, put the strain on people and animals and any type of figure that they use Mm -hmm. to be this thing, you know? And it's just like, that was his breaking point. That was, that was his final moment where he was like, I cannot take being under the spotlight. Mm -hmm. I cannot take having these people instruct me what to do and, you know, have him in a habitat that he's not used to. So that, that scene alone, it was just like, okay, yeah, this is, this is the movie. Like this explains the whole movie right here. And, and and while I was, see, I was trying to connect the actual events of, of Gordy and, and Jupe and, and the cast to the rest of the film. Like, what is, right. what is the connection here with Gordy actually losing his shit and finally saying, like, I'm not going to be abused in this way anymore. I'm not going to be profited off of. Um, I'm going to take things into my own hands and I'm going to just do what I do. And I think the absence of music just amplifies the actual images that we're actually seeing. Like, and a lot oh, of directors yeah. actually do that when you remove the music and you hear like all these uh, aggressive tones and sounds, like it just, it, it, it evokes a, a certain type of fear and like, and like anguish. Like it's, it's, it's crazy how that is used in film, but it's actually a really, really dope, way to get your point across and connecting with um the actual living being and it not being like a ship 
like they thought this was actually a living organism, a living being in the sky. I found the connection and also to his horses as well. And, right. you know, OJ, when, when they went to do that photo shoot, uh, video shoot, and OJ was just like, you know, give me space, give the horses space and don't look directly in his eyes. And, you know, things, things of that nature, if you keep poking at an animal and using it for your own gain and you're exploiting the animal, eventually the animal may do some things that um, you, you didn't think that it would do. Just like when people go to the zoo and they mess with tigers right. or lions. I saw, I saw a viral clip of a guy messing with a lion and had his fingers on the fence, you know, just poking at the lion and the lion bit his finger off. Like, bro, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Jesus. But, but yeah, that, that connection with Jupe and the cameras, like you, you put in your second tweet, him being the lone survivor, he profited off of his trauma. And I didn't even notice that the camera shapes were the, the shapes of the, the alien heads that fans of, of his work were wearing and had a similar shape. So that was pretty interesting too. Like he, he was literally profiting off of his trauma, which is crazy. Yeah. That was the first thing I noticed uh, when we shift to the next scene, you know, when Jupe's older, because mm-hmm. uh, people, some people pointed out and said it, uh, it could also resemble a, a chimpanzee, you know, saying that it might yep. still be coming from mm-hmm. his image of Gordy. But the minute I saw it, I was like, no, that is the set. Like he's still creating the scene. And then another thing that I thought thought about too, like <sighs> we have to go here. <laughs> Chimpanzees and monkeys, of course. Historically, that's what we were referred to black people. I'm, I'm speaking of when it comes from racist people, when it comes from just people just looking at black people and their fear. I'm I'm wondering what that correlation was too. When when OJ is selling his horses to Juke. And he's he he's asking for them back, of course. Of course, he can't get them back, but just understanding that they have a good relationship, right? And is it because, and I'm not calling black people apes or monkeys. I'm just saying, like, that's what we were referred to from uh, racist people. That that relationship that they built, and seeing something as traumatic as that, is he is he trying to be cool with OJ, in fear of? OJ retaliating and doing something negative to him or is this a, a real relationship built off of, of off of something or is it based on the trauma that he received from seeing Gordy just kind of uh on the cast and and interacting with with people and and being on the show with him as a child but also saving and sparing him when he's seen him under the table what do you think about the the OJ and, and Jute relationship I think I think it's a hundred percent trauma based. Like I think everything he does is very strategic to moving through his trauma because I think the whole partnership was built off of because they don't show it on camera, but you know we see the nights where uh, the lights go up at uh, Jupiter's plane, like whenever he's mm-hmm. running the show by himself. Mm-hmm. So I think the minute he comes into contact with this beast, his whole relationship with OJ is just fully transactional is like i'm i'm specifically building this bond with you in order for me to still push through this trauma in a new way that i just discovered because now here's this thing that i think i can 
feel some type of connection with based off of something I think that it wants, which was, you know, uh, the horses from OJ. So I feel like that the whole bond between them was just, it was, it was not selfish, but it was more, mostly a, a self thing for Jupe. It was just like, I, I need you for this purpose. This mm-hmm. is only working for mm-hmm. me type mm-hmm. of thing, you know? And it's, what's so wild about it is that Gordy snapped because he felt like he was being exploited and yeah. taken advantage of. But literally, Jupe does the same thing. But yeah. that's what happens to people that experience trauma. They, they kind of repeat the behavior of things that they've seen or experienced, right? So yeah. Jean Jacket, that's the organism's name, Jean Jacket. And, and shout out to Kiki Palmer's character. What was her name? Um, emerald emerald yeah emerald jean jacket so yeah the the trauma thing is 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 pretty interesting the trauma thing is very interesting so let's go to let's scroll down this thread and and go into (laughs) some other things that you mentioned and everyone is is killed you know at jupiter's claim right that's what that was jupiter's claim that's what it's called yeah so so everyone everyone was killed including jupe i guess you know, Jean Jacket reached its boiling point, too. Like, I don't want to be exploited anymore. Hey, I'm just trying to eat horses. Right. And I know you're trying to provide me some horses, but I was going to eat those horses anyways because I'm hungry. <laughs> and I don't really have a relationship with you, but you provide me horses and you think that I'm not in charge. I'm actually in charge. Right. And I, Which is crazy. Did Jean Jacket know, in the big, in the big scheme of things, did Jean Jacket know that he's more powerful than everybody down here on earth walking just do 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 and they say that about animals too like you know how they kind of train animals to stay within like fences like cows and, right. and horses to stay within fences and things and to kind of be obedient and they train them very young it's just like the bull that's that's tied to a string it with a nail in in the ground or something you know what i'm saying like Right. Like they think that they'll always be held by that string and they don't really power from that. At that point, that jean jacket actually says, you know what, I have power. And, he's, and he takes it. Do you feel like this organism actually has emotions and do you feel like it was triggered and it was played with? And we'll get to that because I, I, I think I know where you're going with this one. Oh, yeah, I definitely felt like it was mostly triggered. Like the, um, that organism was definitely triggered because it's, it started as a thing of, you know, Juke not understanding what all this thing consumed. And at some point, he just considered it being the horses. Like, he's like, okay, I, I must have saw it eat a couple horses. So that must be all this thing wants, whatever this is. And you think you're building this um, bond by giving it what it wants, but also trying to conceal it at the same time so that it can present itself to your audience and whatever else, you know, creating this spectacle out of it when really mm-hmm. this thing is just here to eat. Like this thing isn't here to be your uh, performer. Just like with Gordy. Gordy, you know, as far as Gordy knew, I'm just here on set with a bunch of people, he, like probably not fully aware of what they have him doing, right. you know, but they're probably feeding him. They're mm-hmm. probably taking good care of him, but you're still bringing me out of my nature and out of my comfort to be something for you when that wasn't originally why I was here to their knowledge, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's the same with the organism. It's like, I was just getting fed. (laughs) I didn't know you was about to have me put on a show. Exactly. Exactly. 
And and that's kind of like what they do to you know remasters and, and animals and circuses. Yeah, you know, and you know the or or you know certain maybe farmers and people to have stock like feed feed your animals and then you know, they'll be obedient to do these things. But they're just really just trying to live. They just yeah. you know they just they need to eat, so they're being fed. So yeah, they're gonna follow where the food is and, and you know and things of that nature. But no, those are great points. Let's go to talk about the childhood trauma with Emerald and OJ, though, and how their father, Otis Haywood Sr., passed away through a regurgitation of things from Jean Jacket. And it was a quarter that flew through uh, Otis Sr.'s head, wasn't it? It was a quarter? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Those same quarters that were used to take the picture of Jean Jacket at the end of the film, which is, I thought was pretty interesting, too. But that that became kind of like its own little symbol. And what what do you think about that? Well, they did use the term uh, "bad miracle" in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I would consider that specific quarter, you know, uh, visual that we were able to receive because they made it very, you know, and you know, as film students, you know, anytime they point out something specifically, like mm-hmm. we saw the X-ray with the quarter, yeah. and then they show it again later, like you know, little things like that are relevant in movies, so. Yeah. It's not like when we're looking at that, we, we it's like, you know, people might say, oh, you're reaching. That's not what they would. But it's like as a film student, we know if they show something, it's specific. Like they showing this to us for a reason. So if they showed us this quarter in the x-ray and then at the end, that's what they used to, you know, finally get that Oprah shot they were looking for. It was important. It was yep. a little mm-hmm. it was a message that Jordan was trying to give us. Like That's one of the bad miracles. Yeah. And let's 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 skip around. And, and and well, actually, we're, we're on we're on schedule here, <laughs> but but yeah, like exploitation again, um, with with monetary, you know, actual physical tangible items being a quarter, and Emerald wanting to get that Oprah shot, and her being obsessed with this spectacle, like, and that's yeah. what Jordan Peele talks about in his interviews. He he just like, there, the film is about basically how we're obsessed with spectacle, how we desire spectacle, right. how we we experience it and how we view spectacle. And Emerald trying to get that Oprah shot, what's so crazy is that she didn't even use up-to-date technology. She used right. something that was so old to capture a spectacle, which is which is very interesting. And she used change, which has been around forever. And to do that instead of, you know, her iPhone or her Android or, or Instagram or TikTok or, or this and that. And that's what was pretty interesting. The TMC writer, the guy that came up, couldn't even capture it on his fancy-ass camera. And she captured something using quarters. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty interesting. Now, what, what about how Daniel Kalua plays OJ Jr.? And what do you think about how his trauma is projected through you know facial expressions through lack of emotion through lack of of speech he was very kind of lethargic he he really didn't say too much um but as the film progresses he starts to open up a bit you know experiencing his father's death like that and actually seeing his father die and taking him to the hospital i'm sure that trauma on him weighed a lot but what how do you feel about that and do you think that his responses to his trauma are similar to like the horses he was he was training, and that's the one thing I, that I uh, 
took out of it. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't consider that at first, but I can see that because, you know, you have these, uh, like the horses, they have these certain rules that you have to follow as far as, uh, you know, if you want to use them for something. And it's like, don't overstimulate them, don't make eye contact, mm -hmm, make sure mm -hmm. the environment around them is safe. And I think, I didn't even make that connection, but I think that is interesting to point that out as far as OJ's character, uh, because he's kind of the same. Like he's, if you notice him in the beginning on the set, he's not making eye contact. At he's all. keeping mm -hmm. a distance. Mm -hmm. You know, he wants the environment around him still because you saw how anxious he was getting as far as how people were taking care of Lucky on set. So I think they do share similarities. He do he he actually is the one with the connection with the animals. You know, and I'm saying that uh as a nod to Juke, you know, thinking that he had a connection when really he was just Yep you know, recreating this whole uh, trauma that was placed on Gordy. You know, he was recreating that whole thing with the uh, uh, organism. When mm -hmm. it's actually OJ who shared this connection because he understood, he was able to actually see how lucky he was being treated as this spectacle. Yep. And, I, and, and it's funny, a theme of connections, right? OJ Jr. being connected to the, the horses, the name OJ being a spectacle in itself. Right. I did not consider that. <laughs> like, oh like how, how toxic or toxicity or, or things that are um, related to that. Just the name. I think uh, Jordan Peele mentioned that to, to Gail on his interview with CBS in the morning, how the name OJ in itself and a relationship to spectacle that people actually give it. And then when she tells him to run, it's kind of like, Come on, bro. Like, <laughs> like you know, oh, run, 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 OJ. You know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, OJ the running back. Oh, OJ running right. in the Bronco. Oh, oh, you know, like, yeah, so those connections. So OJ and the horse, OJ the name, OJ uh, with jean jacket. But the crazy thing is Emerald wasn't allowed to train the horses, right? Right. But she became no, she the connection not. to the Hollywood portion. She came in, and he was just like, OJ, OJ Jr. was just like, oh, my sister will be here. But, and yeah. she's that connection to, you know, that type of spectacle, the, the, the big, bold Instagram uh, post and, and this and this, the, the Oprah shot. She's connected to Hollywood in, in those ways, and she wants to be an actress, and she wants to do this and, and do that. And she's, she's more flamboyant, like she has the, the bigger personality. So OJ needed that connection to further what they were going to do for their family name. Right. I thought that was pretty interesting too. But yeah, I, I, I looked at um, uh, Daniel Kalua's character and I said, he's acting like the horses. Like, yeah, I did not notice that at first, but yeah. I, so, so me. So I played <laughs> out Because yes. you did an incredible job in your thread. So Thank I you. am offering something that you didn't notice. That is amazing. <laughs> That is amazing. All right, so the business and, and how the business was even ran with OJ and he, him feeling like it's just a duty. It's almost like he became in this robotic state to just continue the business because he wasn't, I, I guess, you know, he didn't really know what else to do. He just right. kept everything going, robotic state, minded his own business. And who knows? Let me ask you a question. How long do you think Jean Jacket was in the, in the air hiding in the clouds? Like how long do I think? It was since like the organism took jean jacket. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think? Oh, you mean like the 
uh, organism as Jean Jacket. That's what you asked. Yes, as Jean Jacket. Okay. Like, how do you? How long do you think it was in the air? And do you think? And do you think? Ha 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 ha. <laughs> I'm looking at this gift, right? One of your tweets. And you're talking mm-hmm. about the exploitation of the Haywoods began with their usage of their great grandfather, you know, the right. first ever motion picture production, right? Do you think in that moment where this black jockey, their great great grandfather, great 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 grandfather, is is riding this horse, right? And you see the background, it looks like clouds. And mm. things. Do you think Jean Jacket was right there as well? I think Jean Jacket was always a thing like I think it was I think if we look at it outside of the movie it's just this object that is created because of you know the spectacle that is being obsessed over within the movie so I think when we look at it separate from the movie it's like jean jacket is always a thing jean jacket is always there like this is the repercussions of creating the spectacle but within the movie uh I feel like he might have been there for a while or it might have been there for a while because it already mm-hmm. acted as if that land was its own and it was used to coming here until mm-hmm. other people, you know, inhabited that land. Because I think that was even mentioned in the, in the movie, like it was territorial. So it thought this land was its, was its own. So it may have been there mm-hmm. years beyond the time that it affected the Haywood family. Exactly. And and what's crazy is that first motion picture, right? And Jean Jacket's mouth. What does it look like? A camera. A camera. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it, it's basically saying all these phones and all these devices that we have now have been around for so long. And they're just capturing and being fed things because we continue to feed it. Yep. And they're capturing all of this. And that's what I mean by was Jean Jacket there in the beginning? Because the mouth it being a representation of the camera, and I believe it, it was, if we're saying the Jean Jacket's mouth and Jean Jacket on how, you know, it, it looks and what it looks like. And then at the end, looking like actual film. Come on, bro. That was crazy. How it unraveled and looked like actual film. I was like, fam, what? What? Is, what? <laughs> I was just like, wow, that connection. And I think you pointed that out as well let's keep going because i want to go into the spoilers i mean we've been going into incredible spoilers but we're going to spoil spoil everything so once again at hey it's dime please add her on twitter we're having a great discussion about the movie nope nope and uh let's keep going let's keep going let's keep going you mentioned how the animals you know showed their disapproval of things what about you know you're comparing animals and you said You said here in this tweet, you said, every person involved with this exploitation were quickly made aware of the animal's disapproval. Now, when Jean Jacket gave them that warning and dumped all that stuff on the house, why is our obsession with spectacle, I I, I guess, and I, I think this is what Jordan Peele was trying to portray, our obsession with spectacle goes beyond our own fear of it, right? We'll, we'll keep antagonizing, we'll, we'll keep pressing the buttons to get that ultimate last shot, just like your boy did at towards the end when he said, what did he, what did he say? He said, you don't deserve. The, we don't um, deserve the impossible. We don't deserve the impossible. He sacrificed his life to get the last shot. And I feel like that was like the epitome 
of what chasing spectacle is. We do some incredible, dangerous things. We push the limits of ourselves to get that last shot, to get an incredible shot. Just like people hanging off of cliffs and stuff like that, or going to the Grand Canyon and like standing on one leg. And I mean, yeah. I'm I'm pretty risky, but I mean, so what do you, <laughs> what do you think about that theme in this in this movie? Even even with disapproval of Jean Jacket or animals, people still want to continue to do things. Even with Jupe experiencing that as a kid, he still wanted to push the limits on an organism, Jean Jacket, that he knew nothing about other than I feed it horses. Like, why do we have that obsession? And do you think that that is something in today's society and culture that we can get rid of? Or are we just stuck with wanting to push the limits of our own fears. I would hope that's something that we can get rid of, but I think that idea that Jordan used in the movie is a full example of what we deal with today in our society and what our society has become as far as constantly seeing the need to capture the spectacle mm-hmm. at risk mm-hmm. of anything, like putting yourself yep. in danger, like someone, because I think Jordan said he wrote this at a time, like, uh, at the height of the pandemic. So, you know, during that time we had, you know, early 2020, we had the George Floyd incident. We had, Mm -hmm. um, the riots that happened, like target and all of this stuff that happened. And Mm -hmm. instead of people actually using platforms to bring awareness or things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, some people turn traumatic situations into memes or they saw this as a time to uh you know get clout off of certain situations and it's just like there's a real world happening but y'all are so focused on the reviews and uh um what's the word i'm looking for admiration and and yes like the admiration that y'all get from presenting this type of stuff to the world because you think it's gonna you know take you somewhere but you're not considering the people that you're using or you're not considering the damage that you're causing from showing this to people. Just like uh, the certain incident we just had a couple months back where this kid, you know, fell to his death at this amusement park. And everybody yeah, just has their phone. Like, I'm, I know it wasn't much that could have been done, but to have, like, everybody have their phones out and y'all on live and taking pictures of it. It's just like, we have to ask ourselves, like, what is this need for this spectacle? And I think that's what Jordan wants us to question. Like, why do we feel we need to capture these things? Yeah. What are we getting from doing that? Yeah, I remember that incident happened in Florida. Um, I think it was 14. Yeah. Um, I think it's Tyre Sampson. If I'm... I think that's right. Tyre Sampson. I think if I'm uh, mispronouncing his name, I apologize to him, uh, his family. Uh, rest in peace, Tyre Sampson. But yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty... Insane, and also he told them that he didn't feel like he was secure. I don't think before he went yeah. up, and, and yeah, he did. Yeah, it's kind of like no, we got to keep the we got to keep the party rolling. We got to keep things going, and and a young man yeah. lost his life because of it. Yeah, so now that's that's great point that uh, that you were talking about. Just like using certain situations to create change. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, and Breonna Taylor was a huge huge loss uh, to the city and it brought yeah. a lot of us out there. I went to a lot of direct uh, action meetings and we're, we're still trying to get justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, so rest in peace, uh, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd as well. But yeah, it, it's um, our obsession with a spectacle and just pulling out our cameras for everything just to capture something, even when it comes to a life or death situation. 
we we just want to be the one to capture it and uh, sell it to TMZ or or right. get the credit for that instead of preventing bad negative things to happen. It's just it's just crazy. And uh, I watched the interview uh, the CBS Morning of uh, Jordan Peele and he he talks about how he feels and most of us feel as if we're living through a bad miracle with COVID and and and, and yeah. all of that and you know the death of George Floyd and and what that did and all of this all of these things that are going on we we still have to push forward. So he wanted to make a film to kind of describe those type of things and, and uh, our fears are, are based. He he just wanted to have a film to depict some things and some themes of that. But yeah, I thought it was interesting. And you also mentioned here in your in your your thread how OJ didn't look at you know he he knew not to look at the organism Jean Jacket. Mm-hmm. Through his training, you know, the horses and the experience with, with the horses. Don't look him in the eyes. I was also thinking about how, again, and we were talking about historically and black people and slavery and things of that nature, how we were left alone as, as slaves who were, who were held captive. If we didn't look directly into masses' eyes, we, we, were, mm-hmm. we were viewed as being obedient, we were as non-threatening. If we didn't look in their eyes and we just obeyed and and that kind of came up I, I was thinking about that when um you mentioned that too it's kind of like we were looking we're looking up and we see something that's threatening and and them you know our ancestors back then looking at the slave masters and, and or or not looking at them and keeping our heads down you know to avoid certain consequences or to avoid certain uh things happening to us but there's stories of rebellions and and um, slaves escaping and things of that nature, uh, with us keeping our head up. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Did right. you did you find any correlation with that as well? Like, or is this something that I'm just throwing in here? <laughs> oh no, definitely. Like I I saw that correlation as well. Like I understood that in many ways. Like the whole concept of uh, it being a respect thing between OJ and the animals, and then. Uh, like the thing you just pointed out as far as mm-hmm. the fear of it, like not knowing what will happen to us or the consequence of uh, facing this particular thing uh, through eye connection, you know? So I definitely, I definitely saw that as well. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned here in 520, major hints, major hints, five out of 20. <laughs> wow. We have a way to go. Don't we? Um, eyes gazing at the spectacle. Yeah. The promo posters, just the, the, the well camera that uh, Emerald used at the end, all the actors and actresses looking up, uh, the camera that they got installed on the home, right. like eyes gazing. Now everybody's looking up, right? And when you look up and you make eye contact, that seems to be when Jean Jacket comes in and does his thing. Yeah. And captured the, the horses. I didn't know here in um, six out of 20, your references, the Gordon incident, uh, Charla Nash in, in 2009 with, with a... Yes. So uh, you're familiar with that. I, I I think I may have seen it. I don't know, but I, I don't remember that incident happened. Can you tell tell us a little bit uh, about that? I remember seeing the, the pictures of this woman when I was a little girl, and I was like really afraid of that. Uh, I think she was like on the... Um, it might not have been the magazine I took a picture of, but I remember her being on the front of a magazine, but I didn't know her full story. 
But uh, apparently, I believe it was a friend of hers who owned um, a monkey. Mm. And I don't remember. I think this woman was giving this animal some type of medication or something. And it had a bad reaction to it. And it ended up uh, mauling uh, Mrs. Nash's face. And I think they... I think she was in critical condition for a while and they probably assumed she would die, but eventually she had, you know, this disfigured face. And I thought uh, Jordan included that because I guess at some point, like in the early 2000s, this was a big incident. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this, uh, I think she, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Miss Nash was even on the Oprah show, if not a morning show, but she did speak uh, on some morning show. So, you know, I think this is just another way for him to uh, present some other form of somebody else being used as a spectacle, even though, um, you know, they weren't necessarily using her for their own personal gain, but they mm-hmm. took her story, you know, you, you get what I'm saying? Like they took Miss Nash's story so that they can have a story in general and putting her on several platforms while this woman is dealing with this traumatic issue she just experienced. So. Yeah, that, that wow. And and you have a clip directly below it, uh Gordy's home. Now, yeah. this is this is it I can't remember. Is this a part of the film too? He actually dropped this after the film came out. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It I mean it looks it looks like a retro clip of an actual show, which is crazy. That was of course this is featured in the film. I was just like, "Wait, did I miss that?" <laughs> that was that this is a good callback though and it and it adds to the story and it helps people to understand what's going on because this is kind of like it looks like a a full house intro <laughs> yeah family exactly. matters type thing like everything's all peachy and nice and and things of like that we wake up now here we are you know just <laughs> gordy gordy's home you know things things of that nature but then it 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 becomes a spectacle itself and there's yeah. one image of jupe under the table when he drops his phone or whatever and he looks forward and another thing that i wanted to ask you about of course not looking into the eyes of an animal or organism jupe's eyes were focused on a shoe that stood up yes. first of all the laws of gravity how and and, right. and, and two <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out why that shoe stuck out. Like, why why is it, like, standing out? And I think, of course, you don't look into the eyes of, you know, somebody or don't look into the eyes of danger, look around it or look at, focus on other things. And I think that's indicative of what some of the storyline was about as well. About that shoe, why do you think Jordan Peele put that shoe in there? So I originally, you know, once I went back and rewatched the movie, uh, my first thought was that, this was another example of the bad miracle that they spoke about and Mm -hmm. uh, something that defies uh, any type of logic. And it had to be that shoe because like you said, this wasn't, this isn't scientifically (laughs) correct. Like how is this, how does this make sense, you know, for this shoe to just stand still? Like what was the reason for this shoe to be standing still uh, straightforward like that? But I saw it as something that potentially could have been the thing that saved Gordy because he didn't, you know, from what we know from OJ, he mm-hmm. didn't uh, make eye contact with Gordy in that incident because he was staring at this object. But someone pointed out to me that the shoe itself could have just been uh, a remnant of the incident itself, like because they pointed out that he was under under the table and there's a tablecloth like 
hovering uh, over his eyes, mm-hmm. acting as a barrier. So that could have been the thing that kept him from getting attacked. And the shoe was actually just something that reminded him because of how odd it was in that moment. Right, so. right. And and that not being the only odd thing, maybe as a kid seeing seeing an animal just spaz like that when you're not familiar with animals doing that, especially right. as a kid, that that as well is kind of like wow, like whoa, this is kind of odd. This is kind of odd. This is kind of odd. Right. And of course, you know, with that tablecloth being there, and what's usually under the tablecloth, under the table, is us wearing shoes. And it kind of being like, mm. kind of like his world being flipped upside down mm. a bit or angle, you know? Well, maybe that, I don't know. That That's something so, my yeah, crazy I like that. mind, That's something my crazy mind came up with. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and uh, again, you referenced the bad miracles and, and like Jupe was able to, as you mentioned in your thread, profit off of this bad miracles being the shoe right. and the tablecloth. And also Emerald being able to make a name for herself for getting that money shot, that Oprah shot at the end using quarters, which was yeah. a bad miracle. The quarter that, you know, killed her, her father, you know, she was able to use quarters to capture that moment to make a name for herself. That was like her Hollywood moment. So that's a bad miracle too. Like you, you, you killed this thread. Thank you. <laughs> now you, you, I mean, it, it just, for me, it, like, I'll, I'll have an idea of, of something, and I was just like, man, I know I'm not tripping. I, this isn't a, a a bad movie. There's so many messages in here that makes it thrilling yeah. for me to e- examine it. And then reading your thread, it was just, you know, inspiring. And, and, and also, I was very intrigued on your thought process of, of how you got to these things. And I could see, referencing the memories that I have from the movie, I can see where you were going and I'm going to go see it again to see if I can pick out some other things. And that's another oh, thing yeah. too. It's like, and people are like, Oh, he's just trying to take out your, your money. If you don't go on like a <laughs> Tuesday or Wednesday and see a $5 right. movie fam, <laughs> it's not like, come on, bro. Like they want to hate the movie so bad, but it's just like, it's not a lot of people, you know, like me and you talked about a lot of people don't want to work for entertainment. Like they don't want to feel like they have to, have their brain picked just to understand a concept but it's just like it's it's literally right there in your face like it's not much of that movie wasn't even hidden you know it wasn't anything that you had to sit there and like oh what is this you know have to keep your mind open while you watch it it's like it kind of hits you like when you see it you confuse for a little bit but then when you let it marinate that day you're like oh what like you know that's what i just saw yeah so I think a second watch is really important. I think that's when you really start to grasp, you know, where he was going with this. Yeah, and also that being a spectacle as well, people having these polarizing opinions and always wanting to shut down something that may be entertaining or good to somebody else. You know, right. you have people just always negative, like, nah, nah, bro. Like, nah, that was whack, <laughs> fam. That was whack, bro. Like, I'm, I'm going to stand on this hill. Like, uh, I think it was, um, what's the guy? Um uh, the Logan, uh, Logan Paul, Logan Paul, yeah. somebody sent me his thread and he was just like, this movie's trash. And, and you know, it's kind of <laughs> like, bro, but you know, and you knew when you put that tweet out that people would respond. You putting that right. tweet out, you're trying to garner some type of attention in itself. And you are trying to tell people that a movie is trash, but you are basically a representation of what the movie is about. 
Exactly. It, like you're you're trying to be a spectacle. Exactly. You're trying to be a spectacle. But now nah, again, man, like again, we are here with Hey, it's Dime at Hey, it's Dime <laughs> on Twitter. She has an incredible thread of the movie. Nope. 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 And nope. I didn't so happen to run across it. It just kept being retweeted on my timeline. Who is this girl? What is she talking about? Let me check this out. <laughs> fire. Fire, fire, fire. Please follow her at Hey, it's Dime on Twitter. And we're going to keep going a little bit. We got a little bit more to go in this thread. And I thought it was pretty dope. OJ was on the horse, which gave Emerald some time on the moped to get to Jupiter's claim. OJ being on the horse gave Emerald time to get to Jupiter's claim to try to capture a photo, but also to try to distract Jean Jacket and feed it flags. What, what about these flags? What do you think about the, the, the imagery of the flags? What do you think that represented? I think it was just something that was used as uh, like maybe this was some form of uh, an attention grabber for this uh, organism. Like this was something that would obviously grab the attention of it's something uh, fluorescent, something flowy, something that's loud. Just like the little, uh, I don't know what they call them. I just call them little floaters, <laughs> like the little tubes they had, the little waving tubes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was just something that was alert and loud, you know, something that would grab attention, much like us seeing this huge organism in the sky would grab our attention. You know, I think it was just creating that for the organism itself. But it may have been a deeper, you know, I I never really stopped to look at the flags and the colors. Like I did notice a color scheme, but I never really stopped to like really, you know, analyze that. You know, different colors evoke different moods and and, right. and I think that that may have something to do with it too but I also think the flags are used to kind of like train animals or or like you mm. know you know maybe to like bulls and you know how they react to the red not the red cape but the red thingamajig I don't remember what the name of that is but um <laughs> <laughs> somebody will but uh but I I think that was pretty interesting and and also those being like attention grabbers and and you speak of uh, again referencing bad miracles when the guy wrapped himself up with barbed wire mm-hmm. so so flags barbed wire they're going to regurgitate uh the organism jean jack is going to regurgitate that something about that and those different materials doesn't sit well with this actual organism and what is crazy is that Normal animals and humans wouldn't eat those things anyways. So this is right. actually a living, breathing thing. Like, or, you know, it's an organism, as we've been, you know, referring it as. So I thought that was pretty interesting that you just can't feed them anything, right? We can't just feed the camera anything. It has to be a particular thing, right? You see where I'm going with it? You it can't has just to be the real thing. It has to be the real thing, right? It, it, you you can give the 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 fake things, but the camera is going to catch the real, right? Or or right. or, but but in film, and I work in television as well. Like people ask me all the time, is reality real? Mm. Is reality real? I'm just like you have real people and have real real situations. Do I think producers sometimes want to sway uh, the opinion of their cast members? Of course, but yeah. but do they pander to certain situations that they overhear or, or things of that nature? Yeah, uh, what you see is real. What you what you see is real. There's a lot of real things going on in, in television with these shows and, and, and things of that nature. And it's 
it, it seems to be more valuable when it's real. That's a, you know, reality right. TV just kind of took off. I mean, one of the, the first shows was what the real world. And I, right. I was able to work on real world Atlanta and it was pretty wild. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and, uh, which which they aired it on uh Facebook watch, uh, on a different platform. But I mean, it was, it was real. Like yeah. you were capturing, um, you have so many cameras set up in the house and you're capturing so much footage of these people that don't know each other, these strangers just to get their, you know, their interaction on film. And I think that's, that's a spectacle. We we desire things like that. We want to watch reality TV shows that the real housewives of Atlanta, the married to medicines. I worked on that show too. Shout out to them. Mm. And, um, people want to see a certain things constantly and they want it to be as real as possible. So us feeding, feeding people fake things, sometimes they shy away from it, but when it's real and it's kind of like, Oh, I want to see more of this. I want to see more of this. Right. And then the flags and the, and the barbed wire, these are things that we can't eat. Like it's not, it's not real meaty food. It's not things that we want to digest. Right. So right. this organism was a representation as a, a camera or looking at things and it wants to digest certain things, right? And right. and not things that we can't digest. So that's why I, that's why I asked you about the flag stuff in in the barbed wire, but yeah. What you think of that though? I agree. I agree with that. I'm sitting I'm I'm sitting I'm really sitting here like wow, because it's some of these things I didn't consider myself. Like I, I had the well, idea. You covered of, everything else. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you, you covered. You're covered a lot. I'm just trying to, and and, and not to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Um, no, you're fine. You're I, I was fine. just trying to think of things that maybe you didn't mention, and, and it's kind of like, yeah, you know, things that come to my incredibly wild brain. It's kind of like, oh, <laughs> someone who understands, like you know, like, but but no. Nah. Yeah. But as you said, you were thinking about that, and, and, and what, are you, what are you thinking about at this moment now? I didn't consider that, like, capturing the real thing uh, as far as uh, with the organism, but I did notice that with the other characters, like, you know, Emerald's obsession with capturing the Oprah shot. She wanted this, mm -hmm. this real and this, uh, like, the best shot ever, the cinematographer in the film as well he he only wanted the real thing because i think most of his films were nature-based and out in the world um i don't know about juke but i would say juke just not so much as he wanted the real thing but he wanted something to be real for him like he thought his connection was a real thing instead of realizing it was just him working through trauma again so yeah, I never yeah. really made that distinction of the organism wanting the real thing as well. And it, it makes sense when you notice it as it creating its own spectacle. Like it's the camera itself. Like it wants to consume real things only, Yep. you know, mm -hmm. and it's upset when it's not given that. I did not make that dis uh, distinction, but that's, that's really interesting. All right now. <laughs> All right. I brought something to the table that you didn't think of. You did. Lord. You did. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and we're coming towards the end here and we're going to gather some final thoughts, but you mentioned man versus nature. Yeah. And you said this debate is really left for interpretation. What do you mean by that? It could go as far as man versus nature, man versus self, uh, man versus the supernatural. You know, I, I think I stuck with man versus nature because I felt like that's where most people would take this because that's kind of what it is 
on a um, base level view, like it's like, okay, this is man and nature in this moment. But then if you dissect the film, it's like, okay, this could also be man versus self. And then it could be, you know, so it's just up for interpretation. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can decide where the theme of this will go because it can go many ways, yeah. which is a thing that I really love about Peel's writing scheme. Like he knows, he knows that he opens up this world for interpretation. Like he know when he write, like I want everybody to look at this in different ways, as many ways as possible. So, and, and he mentions in that same CBS morning interview, he he loves to depict mixing tones. He wants you to have you scared, right. and he wants you to laugh at the same time. So that's 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 pretty pretty interesting too. And he also wants to bring people together by having these the man versus uh, supernatural and the man versus oh yeah um, the man versus nature type things brings people together. You know, brings our empathy together. It brings our humanity together. It's pretty interesting his way of writing and and. The way he gets us to think about certain things, man. So definitely shout out to uh, to Jordan Peele, man. He he's doing an incredible job, and shout out to you at Hey It's Dime. Thank you, Dime, for <laughs> joining you. me in this conversation. I really, really appreciate you. And today we are talking about the movie. Nope. 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 And we had an incredible conversation. This is the 20 Talks Podcast. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. Once again, I am your host, 20 Baby. It's your boy, 20 Baby. A KFY boy. And I need y'all to go follow, follow. Please follow the thread of an incredible intellectual that I had the pleasure of meeting. Hey, it's Dime at Hey, it's Dime on Twitter. Thank you, Dime. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. having me. Nah, you, you were incredible. Thank you for... Picking my brain and allowing me to pick yours. I hope that um, we were able to share some different ideologies of the film and we can have some takeaways. And if you get to see the film again, keep looking for more because I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going to ask you about those things. Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Once again, this is 20 Talks Podcast, episode three. It's your boy, 20, baby. A KFY boy. And we're going to go into this musical selection produced by my homeboy, uh, Willie Will. One Will. And also features uh, Smith Will Smith, good fella, who, you know, referencing the first record to intro the pie. He made that song. Yeah. And this is called Smith Will on him. And YV, the artist, actually, actually wrote... The hook to E-40's choices. Yep. Nope. Nope. My homeboy YV from Louisville, Kentucky. And this is called Smith Will on her. Smith Will on her. This is the 20 Talks Podcast. Yeah. Hey. Hey, hey, Louisville, stand up. Let's go. 502. Hey, YV, what up? Shout out to my brother, man. That guy. Hey, fresh out the box. Hey, my time to shine. Your time to watch. Hey, clean from my head. Hey, you can't say shit. Yup, 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 yup. I'm a brand new 
Let's go. Good fella, what up? YB, what up? One wheel. Willie wheel, what up? Let's go. Five oh two, baby. When I make these hits, I know it makes you sick, but it makes me rich. Like your chicken and jeans, my hands is filling the thighs, her girls is filling my team. I like the playing on her. She like the way I say there. With you, she rides in the car. With me, she flies in the air. Let's go. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. You dig? Once again, this is episode three. This is the 20 Talks Podcast, and I am your host, 20, baby. It's your boy, 20, baby. A KFY, boy. Make sure y'all follow my brother, YV. His Instagram handle is at TheBoyYV. That is TheBoyYV. Make sure y'all follow Goodfeather at SmithWheel23. That's smithwheel 23 at smithwill 23 s-m-i-t-w-i-l-l 23 make sure y'all follow the brodies and we out man this is episode three of the 20 talks podcast i'll see y'all later it's your boy 20 baby a kfy boy and we out